0: I'd like to take a moment and have a real heart to heart with you. If you're able right now, place your hand over your heart. Can you feel it? That's your heartbeat, telling you that you're alive. It's the same for a pre-born baby. Their heart begins to form at conception, and at just three weeks, it's already beating. At five weeks, a baby's heartbeat can be heard on ultrasound. And that's why we've partnered with Preborn because we need to help these precious babies. Every day, preborn's networks of clinics rescue 200 babies from abortion when a mother with an unplanned pregnancy meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat it's a divine encounter that doubles a baby's chances at life and by six weeks the eyes are forming by 10 weeks a baby is able to suck his or her own thumb and for just twenty eight dollars you could be the difference between life or death of a child Welcome to Verdict Weekend Review, Ben Ferguson with you. And each Saturday, we are going to give you some of the best moments of the Verdict podcast with Senator Ted Cruz from the past week. This week, there are three points that we want to make sure that you hear about that if you missed it, that's where this weekend review will come in. Number one, we're going to be talking about climate change and the new threat of one billion people dying if we don't fix the problem. That's what Democrats are now threatening you with. Also, Joe Biden, do as I say, not as I do, mandating that others wear masks, but he's already taken his off after he promised he was going to wear it. And a huge victory because of verdict listeners that deals with the issue of 9-11. It is The Weekend Review, and it starts right now. Climate change has become a, obviously an election year issue at least for the Democrats. You can see it over the last couple of weeks. They're kind of testing things they're really pushing things here uh, but but now we're finding out how academia deceives people about climate change and and this is something that I think is is not just disingenuous but it's really disgusting. They put out a new report that has actually come out and they say that there's a, a, there's a new prediction that one billion deaths will happen from climate change this century, so you better get on board. Researchers from Canada and Australia have published this new study predicting 1 billion deaths from climate change over the next 100 years, citing a scientific, quote, consensus. The authors analyze, they say, 180 studies on climate change and mortality, covering on a 1,000-ton rule. So this is a new theory, which means for every 1,000 tons of fossil fuels burn, a person dies. Now, this article was published, and it contends that a future person, a future person is killed Every time humanity burns t- a thousand tons of fossil carbon, they say, based on that calculation, that burning a trillion tons of fossil carbon will cause two degrees Celsius of global warming, or AGW, which in turn, they say, will cause roughly a billion future premature deaths spread over a period of very roughly one century. I wish they used this type of logic when they were talking about unborn children that are killed, but but of course they'll never do that. But this might be the most ridiculous, fear-mongering article, and they say it's a scientific consensus now.
1: Well, look... There is an enormous pr- problem with the politicization of science, and particularly when it concerns climate change, the dishonesty of science. I- I'm going to make a radical claim right now. I predict with absolute certainty that seven billion people alive today will die in the next hundred years of climate change. Now, mind you, there are a little over seven billion people alive today, and it is a virtual certainty that all of us will die in the next hundred years and whether there was climate change or not that that assertion is unquestionably true it just is uh utterly disingenuous to claim it's climate change that will cause it Uh, let, let me focus on there was an article that came out on september 5th from a guy named patrick brown now patrick brown is a phd climate scientist And he is the co-director of the Climate and Energy Team at the Breakthrough Institute. And he wrote an article in the Free Press that I think is really consequential. Um, I want to just read from you the beginning of the article. Quote, If you've been reading any news about wildfires this summer, from Canada to Europe to Maui, you will surely get the impression that they are mostly the result of climate change. Here's the AP. Quote, Climate change keeps making wildfires and smoke worse. Scientists call it the new abnormal. From PBS NewsHour, quote, Wildfires driven by climate change are on the rise. Spain must do more to prepare, experts say. And from the New York Times, How climate change turned lush Hawaii into a tinderbox. And from Bloomberg, quote, Maui fires show climate change's ugly reach. Now, here's Dr. Brown continuing from this, quote, I am a climate scientist, and while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, it isn't close to the only factor that deserves our sole focus. So why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reasons I just did in an academic paper about wildfires in nature one of the world's most prestigious journals it fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it the paper i just published climate warming increases extreme daily wildfire growth risk in california focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildfire behavior i knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research, because it would dilute the story that prestigious journals like Nature and its rival Science want to tell. This matters because it is critically important for scientists to be published in high-profile journals. In many ways they are the gatekeepers for career success in academia, and the editors of these journals have made it abundantly clear, both by what they publish and what they reject, that they want climate papers that support certain pre-approved narratives, even when those narratives come at the expense of broader knowledge for society. To put it bluntly, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change. However understandable this instinct may be, it distorts a great deal of climate science research, misinforms the public, and most importantly makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve. This is a stunning indictment of the machinery and apparatus around quote-unquote science today. The journals publish quote-unquote research that echoes the pre-approved political orthodoxy they want published. And if you don't echo that, they don't publish you. And, and it is one of the, 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 the many really corrupt aspects of how science and climate change reporting and academic work is really doing a disservice to the American people.
0: When you look at not only the, the fact that this is how you get the money, and I do think it's an issue of follow the money, as you just described, but certainly it's an indoctrination on college campuses and among researchers, uh, and, and the cash flow is, if you believe in this, we will fund you. But but when you make these outlandish claims and then you treat them as fact, there's there's nothing you can do to debate this with them. When you look at what they said here, they said this is a scientific consensus and the authors say they analyze 180 studies. All of them, I'm sure, were studies that were funded by radical lefties and global warming activists, right? Those that raise money, etc. But when they come out and say that, you know, we're going to lose a, a, a billion people, you make it sound that bad. Is there any way to overcome that with anything else but this propaganda? And I think that's why they make these outlandish claims.
1: Well, it's why we need people in colleges and universities and think tanks in the academic world and in the scientific world to reject politicized science. Let let me read a little more from Dr. Brown. Uh, Dr. Brown says, quote, so in my recent nature paper, which I authored with seven others, I focused narrowly on the influence of climate change on extreme wildfire behavior. Make no mistake. That influence is very real. But there are also other factors that can be just as or more important, such as poor forest management and the increasing number of people who start wildfires either accidentally or purposely. A startling fact, over 80% of wildfires in the U.S. are ignited by humans. I want to repeat that sentence because the, the corporate media will never say it. A startling fact over 80% of wildfires in the U.S. are ignited by humans. Now, here's what Dr. Brown continues to say. In my paper, we didn't bother to study the influence of these other obviously relevant factors. Did I know that including them would make for a more realistic and useful analysis? I did. But I also knew that it would detract from the clean narrative centered on the negative impact of climate change and thus decrease the odds that the paper would pass muster with Nature's editors and reviewers. This type of framing, with the influence of climate change unrealistically considered in isolation, is the norm for high-profile research papers. For example, in another recent influential Nature paper, scientists calculated that the two largest climate change impacts on society are deaths related to extreme heat, and damage to agriculture. However, the authors never mention that climate change is not the dominant driver for either one of these impacts. Heat-related deaths have been declining and crop yields have been increasing for decades despite climate change. To acknowledge this would imply that the world has succeeded in some areas despite climate change, which, the thinking goes, would undermine the motivation for emissions reductions. This is a narrative of so-called scientific inquiry, scientific journals, academic journals that have abandoned the mission of science. Science is about examining evidence, following the the scientific method, beginning with a hypothesis, looking to evidence to disprove that hypothesis and determining what's happening. Today, an enormous amount of science is simply politics covered in scientific garb and in no place is that more profound than in the world of climate change, where there are billions of dollars connected to so-called scientists telling the preferred political narrative, facts be damned.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. It is no longer about facts, certainly in academia where it's supposed to be about that. Now it's about propaganda uh, and indoctrinating people to this uh, while they all fly in their private jets to climate change uh, events, which I still laugh at the hypocrisy of that. Now, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you can go back and listen to the full podcast from earlier this week. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict, to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Now on to story number two. Senator, I also want to deal with uh, COVID. Uh, We were talking about the lies, and they seem to be coming back now. Uh, The White House now letting everybody know that Joe Biden is going to start wearing a mask indoors, this after Joe Biden has come down with COVID, even though Joe Biden has tested negative for COVID uh, yesterday and the day before, and the day before that. President Biden tested
1: negative last night for COVID 19 and tested negative again today. He's not experiencing any symptoms. As far as the steps he is taking, since the president was with the first lady yesterday, he will be masking while indoors and around people in alignment with CDC guidance. And he, as, as has been the practice in the past, the president will remove his mask when sufficiently distanced from. Others indoors and while outside as well.
0: Now the funny part is, Senator, this is said from the podium at the White House. Moments later, the president is on stage at a ceremony. He's not the appropriate distance the White House says is appropriate from other people. And then he takes his mask off that they just said to everybody is going to be wearing if he's in close quarters with a lot of different people. And you add that in with a DC area elementary school, Montgomery County, Maryland, is now reinstating. A mass mandate and the mass mandate isn't just for those little masks. No, no, no. N95 masks for all the third grader, graders because a few kids tested positive for COVID. They sent out a letter telling parents that these, these masks, these N95 masks, are going to be mandated in class. These masks, they say, have been distributed, and students and staff uh, in identified classes and or activities will be required to mask while in school for at least the next 10 days, except, of course, while eating and drinking. And the mask will become optional, they claim, after the, quote, outbreak has dissipated. Uh, here it is, mask mandates coming back.
1: Look, this is utterly absurd. Mask mandates are wrong. And for the left, this has become a, a it's a combination of a number of number of things. Number one, it's an article of faith. Number two, it's a virtue signal. It shows just how self-righteous they think they are. You know, as I was walking uh, down the halls of the Capitol today, one very prominent Democrat senator was walking along with his N95 mask. And behind him was a staffer wearing his N95 mask. And, and it it shows virtue. But but number three, it's about control. And, and and this is all about controlling people, whether it's mask mandates, whether it's vaccine mandates, whether it's having the 437th booster. Enough is enough is enough. This is crap. And no, I look, I recognize, and by the way, a year from now, we are going to see the most deadly COVID variant ever seen, the election variant. And before the election, it's they're going to need to shut everything down because they want to have— uh, mail-in balloting for everyone because they think it helps elect Democrats. Enough is enough is enough. If you want to wear a damn mask, fine. But don't be a hypocrite and don't try to force other people to. And, and all right, listen. So many of the people who listen to this podcast are conservatives, but some are not. Some are open-minded. Some want to hear both sides. So, so, so maybe you think, all right, I'm not going to trust Cruz. I'm not going to trust uh, Ferguson on this. All right, if you don't trust me, Listen to CNN, left-wing CNN, confronting Dr. Fauci this past weekend about his false claims about masks. Give a listen.
2: There is a perception out there by many, how many I don't know, that they don't work and that the data concludes that they didn't work in the first go-round. Respond to that on masks.
3: Yeah, well, that's not so. I mean, when you're talking about at the population level that the data are less strong than knowing that if you look on a situation as an individual protecting themselves or protecting them from spreading it, there's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it, but there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. I'm gonna refer to one of them. You've heard about it
2: before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in the Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference
3: Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual. When you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took at the broad population level like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population level.
0: I mean, you hear him there. And even he's being questioned, Fauci, by a guy who's not conservative at CNN. And it's for kind she's like, well, hold on. I'll, I'll read for you what they say. And yet Fauci's still sitting there saying, no, no, no these things work. You're somehow still wrong.
1: Well, look, t- two things. Number one, Fauci himself knows what he's saying is wrong. And, and if you go back to, to the beginning of COVID, February 5th, 2020, Sylvia Burwell, who was the Secretary of Health and Human Services for three years under Barack Obama, emailed Fauci and asked asks if she should wear a mask. And by the way, his whole defense was, well, individually, it makes sense, just not for society. Here's what Fauci wrote on February 5th of 2020, quote, Masks are, not, are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected, rather than protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. Fauci continues, The typical mask you buy in the drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit to keep out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. And he added, quote, I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low-risk location. That's what he said in 2020. Then he decided that it was politically beneficial to mandate that everyone had to wear a mask. And yet now, look, the second point I'd make, the fact that CNN is turning on this, in the height of the pandemic, the words that you just played from CNN, they would not utter. There was no brooking dissent from whatever saint fauci said whatever the mandate was mass today not mass tomorrow mass the next day you couldn't disagree the fact that even cnn is turning i think is significant i think if the biden administration tries another round of shutdowns and mask mandates i think a lot of the country is going to say no and hell no i'll tell you the state of texas has zero interest in shutting down and and i i i uh, I think you're going to see resistance not just in Texas but all over the country.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And the other thing that worries many people is this: the president and this idea that we could go back into some sort of government shutdown. It, there was that awkward interview that he did with Kamala Harris, far away from him, the social distancing uh, back in the early days of COVID in his administration, sitting next to you know far away from David Muir's interview, and them in a weird triangle. And he said he would have no problem if the scientists told him to to shut down our entire economy.
2: I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. That is the fundamental flaw of this administration's thinking to begin with. In order to keep the country running and moving and the economy growing and people employed, you have to fix the virus. You have to deal with the virus. So if the scientists say
0: shut it down, I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. I mean, that's apparently still on the table. And if they bring the masks back, where I mean, how far away are we from having another fall where they start shutting things down? And what should the American people
1: do? Look. The, the, the Democrats want to shut it down. They want to impose mandates. And I got to say, one of the biggest lies of that exchange is I would listen to the scientists. The only scientists that he listens to are the ones who say what he wants to hear. You know, the very last podcast we did, we did a two part episode with an interview with Dr. Phil. And one of the interesting things, look, Dr. Phil has been the number one ranked daytime TV host for a decade. And, and, and he talked about how the data are. That the school shutdowns from COVID cost many, many more lives than the virus would have cost. In other words, listen to the scientists. The Democrats aren't listening to the scientists because if they did, they'd look at the harm from the shutdowns. They look at the harm for businesses shutdown. They'd look at the harm from churches shutdown. They'd look at the harm from school shutdown. The kids who face learning loss for the rest of their life, they look at the mental health. Uh, numbers that have gone up they'd look at the kids who didn't go to school and didn't have physical wellness checks didn't have mental health checks didn't have uh, daily food because for low-income kids for many of them their principal source of food is at school they didn't have the counselors who could observe whether kids are subject to physical abuse or sexual abuse because when they shut down schools they sent them at home and 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 The data, what Dr. Phil told us, and if you didn't listen to those two podcasts, you got to go back and listen to them. But what Dr. Phil said on this podcast was that the data show that many, many more lives were lost because of the shutdowns. But the Democrats don't want to listen to the scientists. They have a political agenda, so they'll cherry pick whatever scientists repeat the politically favored outcome that support the result they want anyway.
0: Senator, last question for you. What do you think states should be doing? Because Texas has banned the mask mandates as COVID restrictions are being imposed in other states. It was a Newsweek headline. It says, a ban on COVID-19 restrictions and imposed a mandate to wear face masks in public spaces went into effect in Texas after a number of institutions across the U.S. reinstated the policy due to a rise in new infections fueled by the emergence of two new variants of the virus. Now, that's the gist of this. But Texas is saying, hey... We're going to stand up to this type of insanity. Do other people need to be calling their legislators and asking for the same thing?
1: Uh, look, a- absolutely yes. Listen, states need to embrace common sense, states need to defend liberty, states need to defend individual choice if someone wants to wear a mask knock yourself out you you can still you know i i flew from from texas to dc today there were still a handful of people in the airport that choose to wear a mask. okay if you want to wear a mask that's fine you've got an individual choice you can you can wear a, a ski mask if you want that's your choice but government shouldn't be forcing people to wear a mask airlines shouldn't be forcing people to make a mat wear a mask airport shouldn't be forcing people to wear a mask restaurants shouldn't be forcing people to wear a mask nobody should be forcing anyone to wear a mask and even more so governors and states need to say not just no but hell no to the shutdowns we will look back in the future years in the future we will look back and say what in the hell did america do shutting much of the country down for a year or more many parts of the country almost all democrat parts of the country shut businesses down, shut churches down, shut schools down. Many schools, tens of millions of kids were out of school for over a year. And the consequence was cataclysmic. It it is, without exaggeration, the most catastrophic public policy decision of our lifetimes, and, and so states need to say, we're not going down that road again. No, we're not going to do it. Look, you know the school shutdowns were bad when Randy Weingarten, the head of one of the big teachers unions, is now suddenly claiming, I wasn't for school shutdowns, despite the fact that she fought relentlessly for school shutdowns and caused Democratic politicians to, to jump on a string when she demanded it. Now even she's running away from it. States need to stand up and say, we're not shutting anything down. Look, if, if there's another public health crisis, and at some point there will be, protect people who are vulnerable, work to provide treatment options, give people advice on how to keep safe, but respect their individual liberty and don't engage in arbitrary shutdowns and mandates. The mandates are wrong. Say no to the mandates.
0: As before, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation on this topic, you can go back and download the podcast from early this week to hear the entire thing. Two thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot power generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict. HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit healthlock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com. I want to get back to the big story, number three of the week you may have missed. The listeners did an amazing job of sharing. It was one of the biggest podcasts I think we've ever done together, and it dealt with the issue of 9-11. You issued a statement uh, afterwards, and and that also went viral, and you have a new statement, an update I want you to tell me about tonight. This goes back to that letter that the DOJ, or I should say the DOD, sent out to families victims of 9-11. And they were letting them know in a heads up that we were probably going to do a plea deal with Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and I think it was three or four other terrorists at Guantanamo Bay. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, we went through the history of who he is, the mastermind of 9-11, but also killed many other people and and many other attacks around the world, innocent children, women, etc. And they were going to do a deal to to spare him the death penalty so we could get him out of Gitmo and then close down Gitmo. That's the ultimate goal for the DOD and, and the Biden administration. We now... Now have an update because of the outrage of so many listeners of this show and others uh, and that story going viral it looks like they're not going to get away with it
1: that's exactly right and I, and I want to take a minute to thank the listeners of verdict because, because i actually think you guys made a real difference in something that matters enormously in this country which is as we discussed on this podcast the biden administration sent out letters to the families of the victims who were murdered on September 11th and said hey we're contemplating a plea deal where Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and other uh, conspirators behind the mass murder on September 11th would be spared the death penalty they'd give it life in prison they would be exempted from capital punishment despite the fact that they committed an act of war despite the fact that they killed nearly 3,000 people we'd spare them and You know when when they sent this letter it was initially getting almost no press coverage no one was covering it no one was discussing it ABC didn't discuss it at the six o'clock news NBC didn't discuss it CBS didn't discuss it CNN didn't discuss it MSNBC didn't discuss it the entire corporate media ignored it you and I were so outraged by it that we sat down to do our pod and we actually had three topics this was topic number one we had two other topics and we ended up deciding, you know what, the entire podcast is going to focus on this issue. On September 11th, on the horrific terrorist attack that, that came after America, on what it meant, and on the outrage. Listen, the Biden administration, and we talked about in this that podcast, and by the way, you got to go back and listen to that podcast. You can go back and find, we did a full podcast on this September 11th effort of the Biden administration to spare the mastermind of September 11th but I believe this is part and parcel of the Biden administration's effort to essentially abolish the federal death penalty. And and before Joe Biden leaves the white house, I think he is going to pardon uh, or commute the sentences of every single federal death penalty prisoner, including the racist lunatic who murdered nine African Americans at the mother Emanuel church in Charleston, uh, uh, South Carolina, including, uh, multiple vicious terrorists and murderers. But as a result of this podcast, we focused the entire 30 minutes of the pod on the facts behind it. And we asked you, we said, if you're outraged, pick up the phone, call your House member, call your Senator, call the White House, and say, do not spare the September 11th mastermind. Well, we were about the only people shining a light on this, and it ended up People got worked up, which is good. They should have been worked up. We were worked up. It was wrong. It was outrageous. It was astonishing what they're doing. Well, I gotta say on on Wednesday, the administration came out and announced that it was not going to accept the plea deal. and 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 here's what prosecutors said in the filing quote, The administration declined to ex- declines to accept the terms of the proposed joint policy principles. Offered by the accused in the Military Commission's case, United States versus Muhammad et al. Um, and so I think that is a real victory, verdict listeners ought to ought to feel proud of. Now, to be clear, the Biden administration gave gave themselves some wiggle room. So they may go back and take the deal, but they at least filed a court pleading saying they're rejecting the deal. That's a major victory. It was only the political pressure that came, and that political pressure was generated in very significant respect by the listeners of this podcast. But my view is the bastards that attacked America, that murdered nearly 3,000 Americans, they ought to be prosecuted, they ought to be sentenced to death, and they ought to be executed. Because I think it's a matter of justice that people that committed horrific terrorist attacks on America they should face the ultimate punishment but the only way we'll be sure that happens is if the American people hold this administration to account and if they're too embarrassed and ashamed to let these guys off
0: my, my next question for you is this is this just a pause and delay strategy senator and, and do we have to keep monitoring them or does this put this to bed especially for the victims uh, and the families that were affected by 9-11 that got these, m- these, you know, I-, I would say horrific letters from the Department of Defense saying that they may spare these guys' lives after these men um, trained and did all that they did to kill their family
1: members? Well, we don't know entirely. What we know is that the prisoners not only wanted to be spared the death penalty, but they wanted the Department of Defense to accept uh, a guarantee that they would not serve their sentences in solitary confinement and that would allow them to eat and pray with other prisoners in Guantanamo Bay. They also wanted a civilian run program to treat brain disorders, to treat sleep disorders and to treat gastrointestinal damage that they say the CIA caused during investigations. That's the demand the Biden administration turned down. Um, there is a tiny bit of wiggle room that they could come back and say, okay, we're not going to give you those concessions, but we are going to take the death penalty off the table. And, and one of the key reasons, I think, I think there are two things going on in the Biden administration. One, these left-wing radicals are ideologically opposed to the death penalty. They don't want anyone executed ever. They want to essentially repeal the federal death penalty. Now, they don't want to go through the constitutional process of supporting legislation in Congress, trying to get the votes and repealing it as a matter of law. They just want to say we, the executive branch, are going to refuse to enforce the death penalty and, and in fact, are going to commute or pardon anyone convicted of the most egregious offenses that th- in the country. I think a second objective, and we, again, we talked about this at length on the prior pod on this topic— is they want to close Guantanamo. And, and listen, when it comes to foreign policy, the Biden administration is a press release administration. In other words, they don't follow coherent foreign policy objectives. They don't have a, a strategic vision for defending this nation. Instead, they want a simple press release that lets them trumpet their moral virtue. So in Afghanistan... You know, you ask yourself, why was the the surrender to the Taliban, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, so utterly incompetent in such a disaster? A big part of the reason is the Biden White House viewed it as, hey, we want to be out of there by September 11th because then we can show how virtuous we are that we withdrew from the war by September 11th. The problem is when the military said, okay, if we leave that early, We need sufficient troops to maintain Bagram Air Force Base and also maintain Kabul uh, Airport. And the Biden White House said, nope, nope, we don't care. Pull them out. Abandon Bagram Air Force Base. We don't need a secure airfield. We haven't evacuated anyone. We haven't evacuated Americans. We haven't evacuated the Afghans who assisted us. But we have a press release to issue. So ignore the national security imperatives. Let's issue our press release. I think in the case of Gitmo, their objective is the same. They want a press release saying we are closing Gitmo. In order to do that, they've got to remove the most dangerous terrorists from Gitmo. In order to do that, they have to send them to prisons in the continental United States. And in order to do that, they either have to get a conviction or get a plea deal. And so I think part of the reason they want the plea deal is to shut Gitmo because they get a good press release from it. But I think the the listeners of verdicts and, and millions of Americans stood up and said no and hell no.
0: As always, thank you for listening to Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz, Ben Ferguson with you. Don't forget to download my podcast and you can listen to my podcast every other day. You're not listening to Verdict or each day when you listen to Verdict afterwards. I'd love to have you as a listener to, again, the Ben Ferguson podcast. And we will see you back here on Monday morning.
2: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus.
0: That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life.
2: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict, to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. Go right now to the number four, patriots.com slash verdict.